podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Sunday evening checklist. Uh, meal prep done, clothes laid out, and your fantasy NFL team picked for Paddy Power Fantasy's massive £2.75 million prize pot fantasy game. First place wins a million pounds. And because Paddy Power Fantasy games last only as long as the game week, we'll have a winner by Monday. You could pay someone to lay out your clothes on Sundays. Only £9 to enter, and last entry by 6pm Sunday. Paddy Power Fantasy. Hate waiting, love winning. Paddy Power Fantasy rules apply. 18plusbegumbleaware.org Hello and welcome to the Nat Coombe Show, presented by Paddy Power Fantasy. Good to have you with us, gang, as we roll into week seven, would you believe, of the NFL. J-Bell dropping by very shortly to get us all set. We'll pick all the games, talk a bit of Jalen Mahomes as well. Of course, we'll get into that. Don't forget our Daily Fantasy show drops tomorrow, Saturday mornings. So if you're playing a bit of Daily Fantasy, check out me and the OG for that special pod. And you can deep dive back into the earlier in the week. Me and I, Mike, on Wednesdays, as we always are. Marek Lawa, the comedian, made a fine season debut back on Monday as well. So go and check out the archive. But let's get straight on with the show and check in with the fantastic Jason Bell. Jason Bell, J-Bell, welcome to ESPN HQ. It's good, Nat. Good to be here. But I got a comment on a jersey on the wall mm-hmm. that happens to be green with your name on it. Mm. And it's a team mm. that I don't necessarily like. <laughs> they l- Show me the love, j Bell. is all I can say. Okay. The jerseys, the balls, the screen, the logo. I just take it all in my stride. Appreciate the love they're showing. Apologies if it's if it has uh, affected you negatively early doors. We have a great relationship, so I we didn't do. want this to impact us going forward. I would like to move on from that. Okay, let's do I that. I would like to draw a line. <laughs> we start afresh. <laughs> it's good to see you, man. Uh, I am looking forward, first things first, to doing the Wembley Games with you in a couple of weeks. I'm excited. You're such a professional. We get up there. We have a good time. Uh, we diagnose the game and get into the storyline. It's fun. It's entertaining. I'm ready for it. And you got an iPad rolling as well, man. Uh, you know what? I'm trying to be like you. You know, you at the game, you always had your iPad. You were looking real good. I was like, I need to copy Nat. He's on to something. So, yes, I am just like you now. Dropping the iPad, but with the pen. You got the, I need one of those. Yeah, this is, you know, when I was in business school, I was trying to save the trees. So I started using the (laughs) iPad type thing in my (laughs) handwriting. It's so bad anyways. It just, it just made it, made it all make sense. You're a digi kid, (laughs) J-Bell. Now, a couple of things, bits of housekeeping. Uh, I hurt my ribs playing football, right? So yeah. don't make me laugh. You've already been making me laugh I'm too sorry, much. brother. I'm sorry. Wa- <laughs> I'm sorry. You got to stop. That. You got to give up the sports. It's over. It's over for us. <laughs> the dream is over. We got to just talk about it. I'm not going pro. <laughs> I'm still hanging on to that. OC's talking about getting involved with my five-a-side team, which you got it. You down as well. You playing a bit of five-a-side as well? Uh, absolutely not, Nat, mm. because, you know, the back injury. But OC, you got to be careful, man. Mm. He's so competitive. <laughs> He's out there trying to ruin people <laughs> i watched him play and it's like dude you're too big to be out here being a bully man and he he's all about it. he doesn't miss a game he, i oh, saw him yeah. hobble to a game before ankle injury he's like oh i'm playing today i was like bro you can't even walk <laughs> he still went out there and got it done man that's, so you, that's the kind of guy he is so with these ribs he would be playing on tuesday is what you're saying 100 mm. percent. he'd be getting treatment <laughs> he was finding he'd be getting 24 hour treatment so he could get out there like it's a playoff game are we talking about uh a few, uh, what's the oh my god what's the Pacino movie the Oliver Stone movie uh, football movie yeah Oliver oh, Stone oh. any given Sunday any, any given, given Sunday. Sunday yeah so it's like any given Sunday right yep. he would basically just 
ask for the ask for the shot and go onto the five side field. He's like, "What's the best stuff you got? <laughs> is it legal? I don't care. Give it to me. Let's go. Game I'm time." Getting him on my team. That is a lot. It is a lot. So much to get into. We're going to look at week seven previews a bit later on. Pick our favorites as well. I want to talk Jalen Ramsey with you as well. Ooh. That situation, but we've got to start with Patrick Mahomes. And the situation with the Kansas City Chiefs, heartbreaking. Although we must point out, recording this, we don't know the extent of the injury, but we know it's not good. We know Mahomes is going to be out for a prolonged period of time. Mm. It is a heartbreaker for the Chiefs. And he's been, you know, banged up for the last couple of weeks as well. And we've seen that. This is an altogether different situation. How bad is this for the Kansas City Chiefs prospects? Is this terminal for them, do you think? Even if he's missing four or five games, then comes back. Is it going to be critical enough for them? to knock him off the tracks? A quick answer, yes. It's uh, detrimental to the team. And I say the biggest concern for this team for me in the beginning of the year was Patrick Mahomes took too many hits. He tried to extend plays down the field. He was getting hit too much. Now, he got hurt on a quarterback sneak. Mm. Uh, That is what it is. But he was one that took risk back in the pocket. And I thought, man, if he gets banged up, it completely changed the complexity of this offense. And it's because it's an offense built on playmakers, mm. right? Andy Reid is calling plays because he thinks his playmakers can beat you and he's going to scheme them up and get a one-on-one matchup somewhere. Now, you got to have a guy who can deliver the ball and have tremendous arm talent like Pat Mahomes does. They're not a balanced team. Mm. They're not running the ball well. They're not playing complementary football as far as what they do on defense. So it's all about Pat Mahomes. Do you think, hearing this theory, that a lot of coordinators are working out Andy Reid's offense five, six, seven weeks into the season? <laughs> they what? always start strongly, but looking at, look, and I know they've been knocked with injuries as well. Yeah. Obviously, Tyreek Hill was out for a long time, Sammy Watkins as well. But a lot of critics of Andy Reid mm-hmm. say he will surge at the beginning, but you can work out the offense midway through the season. There's some truth to that. And it's because people know Andy Reid. He's been around so long. People know his go-to moves, Mm. right? But it's all about can you stop the talent? Mm. You might know what I want to do, but can you cover Tyreek Hill? Uh, one-on-one when he or, or can you get Travis Kelsey do you got somebody who can defend him most of the time his chess pieces are winning mm. you know that's why Sammy Watkins was so important you gives him a third tier guy mm. that can go out and just destroy you if you try to cover him one-on-one and he breaks tackles so yeah they know what he's doing but if he's got all his chess pieces he's still beating mm. you but right now he doesn't are you surprised <laughs> that they called that play given the fact that he's had a knock in recent weeks and clearly not 100% they called a quarterback sneak no. put him in the line of fire <clears throat> no you can't play scared out there I mean you, you're out there and you're in harm's way every down uh, it's just the game you can't you can't be a scared play caller especially when there isn't an injury like if he mm. was comes back when he comes back you're not calling a quarterback sneak. I mean, how many times was Tom Brady doing the? He was famous for the quarterback sneak, sure. and that's Tom Brady. You just call to play because it's there, and you're trying to have success. Uh, now it looks like uh, you, we, we second-guess the call now because of the outcome, but you just got to call the game the way you see it. So, again, it entirely depends on the length of the injury. If mine's <laughs> out for the season, forget about it. That mm. presumably is then done. But if he's missing, let's say, conservatively four or five weeks of the season – as a minimum, mm. is that game over for the Chiefs? Matt Moore, can he steer them through? Is he good enough to steer them through with the other injuries they got and the, the fragility on defense? The, if they were a healthy offense, 
and they were running the ball well, I would say, you know what, Andy Reid, we, we, he'll pull this out. It'll, but they're missing pieces. They haven't been all together. So the, the offense as a unit cannot compensate for Pat Mahomes because he was the glue. He was the reason they were having success with the injuries. So, like I said, they need to go back. And, hey, Andy Reid is great at this. He's going to reassess the situation and come up with a great game plan that's advantageous for Matt Moore. Right. I mean, he's, he's, he's great at that, right? It's like Sean Payton and Teddy, Teddy Bridgewater, right? right? You just give him a couple of weeks and he works it out around. And I guess to, to a degree as well with the Panthers that done with Kyle Adam, same thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let, let's not, let's not second guess these guys who've been doing it a long time. Right. You know, they can go in and make things happen, but it's not going to look the same. Like I said, my biggest concern is the balance of the team. They are not playing balanced football. And what I mean is they're playing too much defense. Like, I wish they were establishing a run and giving that defense, keeping them off the field. That would be the best defense is less defense. Mm. And I just think that sometimes they score too fast and Andy Reid is not playing a game plan that's advantageous to what Steve Spagnola wants to do. Mm. Uh, And that's always kind of been his knock. You know, it's always kind of been uh, what they said about Andy Reid as far as his play calling. He needs a defensive coordinator that kind of, kind of can help him game plan the whole game instead of just being an offensive minded guy. Mm. And I think that that's going to be a problem. I think that you need, when you have your all-star guy go out, you need to be a balanced team and they're just not. We've got to talk Jalen Ramsey. Ooh. Jaylen, is Jalen Ramsey the best cornerback in the NFL right now? Ooh, man. This is, this is tough. Nah, he's one of them. Him and, uh, Stefan Gilmore, man. Mm. Uh, uh, both those guys are just elite and, uh, they are elite man to man cover corners so and it's because not only are they good as far as being physical at the line of scrimmage and being able to match the top receivers but their ball skills i need a guy who you're scared to throw at because mm-hmm. you don't know the outcome and those two guys are like that i i need you to create a turnover i need the offensive coordinator the quarterback everybody to think man let's not throw it up there this dude might come down with it and it's he's running it back against five big linemen and i think he can shake them so, I get yeah. out of, you surprised at his destination you surprised that it was the, the rams that stumped up for him <laughs> you know I was thinking the Eagles might make a move for him because they need improvement. But no, because he likes L.A. I mean, let's not forget. He went to Florida State. Right. But you know who he was committed to? in college to go to before that UCLA USC but good choice because that's my college that's why I went yeah, there we're, that's why we're friends but that was that was smart actually that that kept the podcast rolling they could have just I could have thrown this headset off and it would have been that would have been end, end yeah it just would have ended I've heard about the diva fits the J-Bell diva fits yeah 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 and I didn't want to bring them up I know, yeah 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 I, uh, I don't know why I agreed with that but I just did <laughs> um, but yeah so he likes LA obviously hmm. and LA is all about star power if right. you are a star where else do you want to be. That makes sense if you're playing for, and I don't mean this is a knock on the Rams, mm. right? It makes sense if you're playing for the Lakers. I get that. I get the whole LeBron connection with LA because of that. But you know, the Rams are not a, a well-supported team compared to many others, right? So is, is it different there? Or do you think that will it will transcend that because he's going to be a superstar in that team, irrespective of how popular they are compared to other NFL franchises? He's still a sporting superstar in LA. Yes, that helps. That helps his brand personally, of course. But it is L.A. They got the new stadium. They mm. need star power there because they want to fill those seats. And 
LA is a bandwagon city. If you have success, people jump on it. All the stars show up. Jalen Ramsey is somebody they can point to as like, we got the best guy. How much of the deal, Jay, do you think was predicated on that, on everything you've just said, the new stadium, we need to sell tickets versus we can win the Super Bowl this season? It's all based on winning. But I think when you look at the big picture and if you're in management, you think, what's my chances of signing this guy, right? I got him for another year. I got him for a year and a half. How do I figure that I'm going to be able to sign into a long-term deal? Well, it's all these variables I have, mm. you know, it's like, Hey man, do you want to be here? And this is what it's doing. And this is how much money you're making off the field. Now that you're in uh, LA, your shoe deal is now bigger. So I think that helps as far as we can bring those factors in, and get him to a long-term deal because of everything else we have to offer. It's smart business as well because they actually freed up cap space with the Peters, Peters leaving, uh, Ramsey coming in on, as you say, on the length of deal that he has right now. It's not that high risk of maneuver, is it? It isn't. And you got to look at what their thought process is, right? You're either trying to accumulate picks or trying to accumulate talent. Mm. I mean, it's a... Uh, my old general manager, Charlie Casserly, I've heard him say this. You go 50-50 with a first-round pick. You got a 50-50 chance. Mm-hmm. There is no 50-50 chance with Jalen Ramsey. Right. He is the guy. So, yes, you are saying, I, do I want these picks? And, and that's, you know, you still got to make good decisions, and there's risk in that. You can't. This is a can't-miss player. Mm. And the way the game is being played now, the successful teams are doing what? They're playing man coverage. Mm. All of them. It's now you have to play man-to-man coverage to stop all these things these offenses are doing, right? You got to challenge the receivers and make tight windows for the quarterback. You got to have a guy. And in this case, you get a guy who either can easily stop the number one guy, but the old Patriots approach, you put him on the side of your number two, he destroys him, and you play zone Mm. over your number one. Mm. It gives uh, Wade uh, Phillips – a, a whole new way of flexibility because he's got that guy. So Jalen Ramsey came over to London this summer, right? Mm. I, I sat down with him. It was great to chat to him because you know what it's like, and you've been on both sides of this, Jay, playing and then broadcasting. It, it so much depends on many different components when you're doing an interview. You know, how many, <laughs> how many interviews has, has that player done? Yeah. Are you asking the right questions early doors? Yeah. All of these things. And I got lucky because he'd had quite a chilled day. Okay. He hadn't been hammered to the media. Mm-hmm. He seemed in quite a relaxed mood. And we were able to sit down and, and just have a conversation, okay. right? I and like I think that. he kind of realized, here's a Brit. Mm, so is he going to ask me really, really obvious questions or and I wasn't trying to kind of look at what I know but I asked him questions that I think he was surprised that I asked right and and I was really impressed with him as a character mm. and uh and absolutely convinced that he has that star quality but had quite a composed head on his shoulders but two three weeks later he rocked up at Jags training in the, <laughs> the armored vehicle. Back up the truck. <laughs> so I, I can't quite work out uh, where he's at. But one of the things I talked to him about was his all-time favorite mm-hmm. cornerbacks. He's mm-hmm. Mount Rushmore of cornerbacks. Can you guess who he put on that? I know who he went with first mm. because they are friends. I'm cheating because I've seen this. Mm. And he's a Florida State guy. And he's everybody's number one. It's Deion Sanders. Come on. Like, it's not a, is he your number one? Of course. 
Did I, you see the documentary? Uh, the 30 for 30, I'm a company man, yeah. the ESPN documentary. Yes, yes. That was interesting because, you know, and you must have, if he was your favorite player and I guess a, a key influence on, mm. on you, you must be thinking that. That whole uh, period when he, in the documentary, we talked about there's him and then there's the character. There's right. me and then there's Neon Neon. Yes. And cornerbacks are one of those positions where you have to be larger than life. Right? Yes. Often it helps yes. to be larger than life. I got a Dion story. Tell me. A friend of mine named Omar Stoutmeyer, who played in the league a long time of safety. Him and Dion were friends because they played in Dallas together. Really close friends. So when I first get to Dallas, I'm like, hey, Omar, he was playing for the Giants at that time. I said, I'm in town. He said, I'm staying at Dion's house. Come over. I said, Dion's house. Yeah, I'm, I'm on my way. So I rock up to Dion's house in Dallas before he s- sold it. It's the one with prime time on the gate. <laughs> I go in the house and I'm like, I'm in Dion Sanders' house. And he's got pictures on the wall of him. Of course. And he's in suits and it's pictures of him facing forward mm-hmm. and backwards in different suits. So I'm like, oh, this dude is the flyest dude I've ever seen. <laughs> and I'm just scavenging around his house, yeah. like looking because it's Dion. But he's got these two big dogs mm. that are kind of watching me like, who is this guy and what is he about to steal? Mm. But I wasn't going to steal anything. Of course I was just in there trying to absorb this greatness. Soaking the deal. Osmosis. Osmosis. <laughs> and it was like, I was a, it, this is my idol. Yeah. I'm in his house. Yes. So I meet him a couple of times, talk to him, talk to him in the Super Bowl uh, a couple of years ago. I was like, I was in your house with Omar and he just started laughing. Ah, you know, that's my brother, whatever. But it was like, like that set me up yeah. for my pro career. So, so he wasn't there. He wasn't, he wasn't there. He, so Omar was hanging out. Omar's at his we house. We were hoping Dion was there. We expected him to be there. I knew he wasn't there. Okay. And that's why I was, you know, walking through there, checking it out, looking yeah. at his gym. Yeah. You know, he had a fresh gym. Like Dion used to try to act like he didn't work hard. Mm. But he did. He but went home and worked. The hardest. It's yeah. pictures. Uh, did you have pictures of yourself on the wall at home? Of course not. Of <laughs> That's course a line not. you won't cross. Back to that line. I wasn't that. You got to be Dion to do that. Like you got to really be that guy. How big was the neon Dion jacuzzi? Oh, because he had to have had a jacuzzi, right? It was. I didn't. I didn't get too close to it. No, but okay. I, I didn't get too okay. close to it. I, I, I walked by that room. <laughs> I walked by. He, I mean, incredible. And did you? I mean, did you? When you were playing, was it important for you as a? As a corner to, because look, let's face it, receivers and corners, they go at it. They are mm-hmm. flamboyant. They are, I always think of, uh, the movie Heat. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And how Pacino and De Niro, they went separate ways, uh-huh. but they're very similar. Yes. All right? I yes. always kind of think that when I think receivers and corners. Um, yeah. Did you feel that there was pressure to be a larger than life character or did that come naturally? I mean, you are a, a naturally charismatic, energy kind of guy right mm, yeah. so was it something that just came naturally to you or did you feel that you had to develop a, a, a persona when you were playing of some kind it definitely came naturally mm. and the guys i've been around that have been successful at the position i mean they have something about them that enjoys the most ridiculous challenge you can possibly imagine which is covering the best second best athletes on the field (laughs) and you know it's on you think about the game of football everybody else usually has somebody next to them Mm. it's like if this all goes wrong it's just not me i got my buddy yeah not out there on that island Mm -hmm. there is so much space there's no that is the most space on a football field and you have to line up 
every play and you have to control that space. You got to be, you got to believe in yourself. It's so tight, isn't it? There's no margin for error. It's like one wrong, one wrong move and say goodnight. You just said it. If I slip, if I trip over my shoelace, which happens, it's game over. That dude is running down the sideline and it's a touchdown. And you just, to think you're managing that emotion down after down, uh, you have to be, you have to have done something to give you the confidence. And it isn't just because you think you're good. Yeah. You have to have put in the work and believe in your technique and who you are as a player or that's just false confidence, and that doesn't work long. Well, in, in locker rooms, uh, I mean, the, obviously, there's always a split between offense and defense. I remember the story you told me about. Uh, I don't know. If we, I'm not going to necessarily name him because you told me a story of a lunch, and I want to kind of put. We could always cut it out. But the <laughs> Eli Antonio Pierce story. Oh, yeah. Can we talk about that? The e- e- when it's Eli Antonio Pierce's <laughs> birthday. Oh gosh. Yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll do the, the family version. The family version. Okay, the family. The family this version. Is a, this is the, we'll make it. Yeah, we'll, well the family the, version. The fact that Eli was at Antonio Pierce's birthday party made you realize, okay, he's a serious, serious. I player. love Eli. Yeah. I love Eli. Antonio Pierce was an employee of ESPN too at one time. So, yeah. Yeah, 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 they, yeah, they know. They know about AP. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so I get there and I had come from another team, obviously Houston, and the quarterback there was a good dude, liked him. But was I, that Matt Schobel before? No, before. It was, before, it was, before. It was, it was uh, David Carr. Oh, David Carr. I yeah, love David. Yeah. He's cool, super cool dude. But, you know, didn't have a lot of social hanging out with him, you know. He was social. a quiet kind of reserve. Yeah, and he had his family, young kids. Yeah. You know, he's busy, but he was a cool dude when yeah. you were around him. So we get to to New York, and Antonio AP was his, – his birthday parties were famous. I mean, they were just famous. Like, they were just – they were just good. In the middle of the season now. Did you have uh, – when you say famous, were there any AP birthday parties that had any of the following? Lions, cheaters – uh, tigers. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> you would, maybe. You yeah. May, there, th- th- those words were in there. <laughs> I just don't know if they're what you think they were. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> so you're at the party. Yes. <laughs> Is this going to get you kicked off of ESPN? Probably. Yeah. Okay. That's why. That's Harry, my goal. Harry takes care of business. He's the cleanup man. He's like Harvey Keitel. Uh, Mr. Wolf. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. The party's good. Mm. And so we're getting, we're, we're pre-gaming at our other teammate, another linebacker, Carlos Emmons house. So we show up late because that's what we do. And we get there and Eli's there. And he's like, AP, man, I was about to leave. I was here at 9 o'clock. We get there at 12. We get there at midnight. He's on time. He's ready. He's just chilling out, having a good time, waiting for his teammates. Yeah. And I was like, this dude, we're going to win. I like this guy. We're just, you know, he's he gets it. He gets it, and he's just a, he's a cool dude. He's got a great personality. He's funny. Yeah. I mean, both the, you know, you see both the Manning brothers. They're just, they're, they're commercial. They're hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. But he's, he just, he was, I knew then I was like, you know what? Stude is, he's about his teammates. He's about ball. Yeah. And you see, I and mean, the defense look. respected him. That's, that oh, was kind of yeah, key yeah, for yeah. me. That they, if you got players like AP inviting him to his party, then yeah. that is a good sign. Shows that up. A good sign. On that note, 
I want to ask you about Baker Mayfield. Okay. Because I'm curious as to how you think his style in terms of he's gregarious, the way he calls out things, he, the way he deals with the media, his persona in the media, if we're staying on that persona tip, mm. how you think that plays out with the Cleveland locker room, particularly the defense? Are oh. they, do they like that? And that's a bit of a generalization, but yeah. do you think it is one of those things when the quarterback is at his age and what he's achieved behaving like that? They think, great, we need a bit of this swagger or they're thinking, please stop talking because you're going <laughs> to, you're going to cost us. Okay. That's, that's, that's a two part question. Mm. I think that in the locker room, they know him. Mm. So I think they probably like him. Mm. He seems like a team guy. As long as he's not talking about people's contracts, which they checked him on that. Mm. When he started talking about people's money and what they should do, I, the vets said, nah, mm, bro. Yeah, yeah, you can't do that. Mm. This isn't college. And when it's your time, we're not going to talk about your deal. Mm. So I think without that, besides that topic, I think people like him in the locker room. And I, I think his teammates like him because he likes football and it's important to him and he's competitive and people respect that. Now, as far as the rest of the league and everyone else, I think that what makes him good is he's an underdog. He's got an underdog mentality. And let me tell you something. The greatest quarterback of all time, arguably Tom Brady, let's not forget that's him. Still has it. He needs that. And it works. But he's figured out how to use it and contain it and keep mm. it within the organization. Don't don't think it's a, a, a mistake that there's always some kind of quarterback they're bringing in and develop there that he has to beat out. Mm. I feel like Belichick does that. Like I'm going to develop this guy and ship him off somewhere else, but this fires up my quarterback. Yes. He yeah. needs that. Yeah. Baker's that kind of guy. Yeah. But Baker's got to chill out with how he expresses that because everybody's hanging on every word that mm. comes out of his mouth. Be yourself. Don't change. Just understand when you have 75,000 commercials and you're not winning, people are going to, you got that heat on you yeah. and you just got to take it. You don't have to comment and believe that you have to defend yourself. You don't. So who helps a player like Baker with that in, in an ideal world? Is that his agent? Is that the vets on the team? Is it a combination of different characters? Who should be there telling him and staring him with the advice that you've just given? It's definitely his inner circle. And it's definitely, uh, whoever his, his, whoever is the biggest influence on him definitely has to be able to check him and have an open line of communication. I, I'm not sure on that team of, as far as there, there are some good veterans, but it's, the culture there is kind of like they're just figuring it out, right? They don't have a winning culture. So no. how do you really – where's the leadership coming from? You right. know, who's won here? So those guys, I don't think you can really check him too much because he is the organization. But it's about the people around him. And he's probably got some great people around him. But he's just doing a lot. And understand that there there comes some negativity with that if you're not – you know, just straight out balling on the field. You know, you can't, you can't be out there and your team's losing and every commercial is you. Yeah. You know, people are just gonna, they're gonna come at you. Yeah. You know, you're, you're, you're open yourself up. I remember Andrew Luck when he came in the first year, he was like, he stayed away from everything. Yeah. He didn't do anything because he knew he had to just go focus on the game. Yeah. I believe Peyton didn't really get after it too heavy the first, first year. year as well. Yeah. I think I could be, uh, you know, yeah. I, I don't have, first-hand information on that but i just think he did 
uh, so did Eli. And then Makes sense, it came. Right? Yeah, it all yeah. came. Yeah, yeah. But you just want to kind of make it easy on yourself. And I think, you know, be yourself. Be that guy in the locker room. Man, let everybody around you need to know you are a guy with your chip on your shoulder and you are out there trying to ball. But chill out. Make it easy for yourself because you can't be a bad team. That goes straight to great. You got to be a bad team that goes to good. Yes. Yeah. And everybody anointed them like they were great. So the pressure's everywhere. Were you on that train preseason? Were you thinking they were going to be better than they they have been? <sighs> let me let me let me tell you something. That I know football. Just, and it's not because I'm a corner and I'm cocky, okay? <laughs> it's because I listen to other people who are smart. So I watch offensive lines in the offseason because they're like defensive backfields. They're both reactionary positions. So if mm. you're weak in the defensive backfield, it's hard to cover up mm. for long. You get exposed. And offensive line, it's hard, right? Mm. You're going to get those big dudes reacting. Their offensive line in the offseason, they got all these fancy cars, right? Cleveland Browns. Mm. I'm looking at this old line and I'm like, they're not that good. Mm. You know, offensive line minds are like questioning them. And I'm like, okay. And I just start digging more and more and more. And it's like, yeah, they're not that great. And you just don't fix that in the season. Like, right. where are you going to find these dudes? There's yeah. not a bunch of 300 pounders walking yeah. the earth that got good footwork. You know, <laughs> yeah, you yeah. are, you kind of stuck with your guys. Yeah. So it's I was such like, a good point. And it's, it's so overlooked, uh, particularly the offensive line. I think in a, in a way, crazily, it's maybe the unit that is most overlooked when you, when you, when you're kind of evaluating and weighing things up. I think it's a really astute point. You win games in on the line of scrimmage. Big time. You have to be good on the offense and defensive line. Yeah. Let's look at football and let's say we don't know anything. Look at the line and see who's pushing each other like a fight. Mm-hmm. And you're like, those guys seem to be pushing the other guys more. And as the game goes on, they're pushing them even farther. Yeah. They're going to win the game. Pushing them in that way. That's it. It's a big old hole. But everybody watching the ball and all the fancy stuff, look at the line of scrimmage. It's going to tell you what's happening. I swear, I swear by the, uh, this book and I've uh, plugged it many a year at Pat Kerwin's Take Your Eye Off the Ball is one of the best books about football ever written. Mm. And, the, and if you are new to the game this season, you're listening to the show and you're getting into it, buy that book. Buy that book and read it. I might read that. Listen to what Jay, but you know, a crazy Pat Kerwin story. I'm only going to tell a brief version of it because listeners to the show from last year have heard this story about 25 <laughs> times. But in Atlanta, and you, you were out there. You were the, you, I read the first people I ran into in Atlanta, and you were those two. I'm in Atlanta we're about everywhere. five minutes. Yeah. You we, we got a tracker on you. We got uh, a tracker on what, you. That's what it was. <clears throat> but that, later that night, we'd be filming all day, <clears throat> crazy all day. You know what it's like. And then ended up in this random steakhouse. It, we didn't seek it out. It wasn't recommended. Mm. We hadn't planned it. It was, <laughs> let's walk a few blocks away from the craziness of the convention center and Radio Row and everything. And here we are. Let's just go in here. We'll get a beer. We'll get a steak. I'm sitting at the bar. I said to my producer, is that Charlie Weiss? Ooh. Charlie Weiss Ooh. is at the bar. Play caller. Uh, and then he's talking to Pat Cohen. That morning, J-Bell, I bought my producer, Pat Cohen's book, Gave it to him as a gift to thank him for the season. Mm. Pat Cohen is there 12 hours later in Atlanta. So I roll up to Pat Cohen and say, Pat, you're not going to believe this, but Pat Cohen's on the show the next day. Wow. And we're recording it on his serious set and it was brilliant. Check to Pat Cohen every three or four minutes. Here's Von Miller. Here's Jason Witten stopping him, chatting to him. His producer rocked up. Uh, about two minutes before he's meant to be on air going, Pat, we have to go. <laughs> <laughs> we gotta, we gotta move, bro. We love, gotta move. He was in the stars. I love Pat Cohen. So yeah, take your eye off the ball. That's I recommend good. That. And that's true. Yeah. It's a, it's a great book. And, and you're right. It's all about the line. 
and it is smart. We've got to get into our picks because time is against us, Jacob. Oh, gosh. You I was talking too much again. <laughs> I like hanging out with you. This is the problem. It's the point of the show is talking, I guess. Yeah, so we're yeah, on to, we're yeah, on to a good That thing. is true. There are a lot of games I want to talk about. We're going to have to spend more time on some rather than others. Let, you know what I want to start? I want to start with the, with the LA Rams. Mm, they got mm, the Falcons mm, in Atlanta, mm-hmm. right? And it is crunch time, right, for the Rams. And crunch time for Jared Goff. You know there is a problem when people are suggesting quite significantly <laughs> maybe it's time to bring Blake Bortles off the, oh, off the man, bench. Those people you, are crazy. You, you, that, that, I mean, ridiculous. <laughs> ridiculous. Well, come on now. But I'm hearing it. <laughs> but I'm hearing it. Blakey B, as I call him. Come on. Blakey B. How bad is it going for Jared Goff? Oh, gosh. If he's under pressure from Blake Bortles. Yeah, it's not, this is, look, Jared Goff got a lot of pressure on him because he got paid so much money and everybody thinks that makes you a star overnight. Mm. And it's just the market, right? The market is this is what we pay guys. Right now, yeah. Yeah, and lock him in for long term yep. and it made sense for them. Uh, you know, in reality, it goes back to what we were talking about the offensive line. His offensive line isn't the same offensive line of last year, especially in the interior. They are struggling. Mm. This offense is built on the ability to run that stretch game, uh, run game and play action pass. He's not a drop back guy. That's not his thing. Uh, that's not what Sean McVay wants to do. And the absence of a run game as well is the double whammy there, right? You have to be able to run the game, run the ball for this offense to work. Are you worried about Todd Gurley? I mean, long term, is, is he, is he in trouble because of his injuries, do you think? Yeah, I, I hate talking about guys and injuries and stuff. Just, it sucks. But mm. the one thing they say about running backs is they don't, they don't slow down. Mm. They fall off cliffs. Mm-hmm. It's literally like, what happened? Yeah. The next day. And so true. You know, the, the, I think the, the prototype or the, or the poster boy for that was Sean Alexander, right? Mm. Do you remember he was, it went from MVP <laughs> to, to what? Out of what, the league. What, what, yeah, what? I mean, yeah, crazy. They lose something called contact balance. Mm. They can run around and be cute, but as soon as you get hit, it's, it's that, it's the ability to, Keep that balance. That's what good runners have, right? They're constantly getting pushed around, but that contact balance. Yep. And you see with his knee, even the way he cuts, he's he's compensating. And I think what happens to running backs is this. They want to be on the field. They don't want to be hurt. So bef- when they start having those injuries, they start going, well, I don't want to do this because I don't want to get right. hurt. Right. So even though they're not injured, they look different. They're Plays adjusted accordingly. Yeah. Interesting. They've got to win this, the Rams, really, given the the way the NFC West is going. Yeah, they and they've to. got to stay. They're probably in the wild card hunt, uh, you would think, more realistically than winning the division. Atlanta is a tough spot to go because they are dysfunctional, mm. not at the races this season. But they're a dangerous team, of course. They can put up the points. And it's not a straightforward road win here at all, is it? Matt Ryan's not playing bad. <laughs> He's not playing bad football. Yeah. Offensively, they're not playing bad. They're just bad on defense. Yeah. They're missing tackles. They are, are not sturdy up front. You can run the ball on them well, and that's what teams are doing. But what are the Rams going to do? Are the Rams going to be able to run the ball? <laughs> I don't know. I, I, um, I think I'm picking the Falcons here. You think? Oh, you're picking the Falcons. Yeah, I do. Uh, you know why that's smart? They're desperate, man, and they're at home. They need a win. Yeah. I, I, I wanna, and I, I could go with that. Mm. I could go with taking that. A, taking Atlanta. Go with, I'll, I'll roll with you on that. Okay. Uh, we're agreeing on that one. I'll go with the Falcons. Let's go next to, ooh, that's the tasty one. The Ravens heading to Seattle. A ooh. lot of people are fancying Baltimore for the road win here. 
not so fast, I think. I got uh, a nugget for you. Tell me. I don't the uh, Seattle's defense mm-hmm. historically, even when Pete Carroll was at USC, hasn't done well against running quarterbacks. Mm. How did they lose the national championship at USC? To a guy. Oh, Vince Young, wasn't it? Ooh, there we go. They, it's just that cover three scheme they want, they run and all that kind of stuff that, uh, it's just, they don't do well. That's a really, really good point. It's just what it is. So that is a big, I've also heard some interesting theories this week about the Seahawks five and one being the most overrated team in the NFL right now. Essentially saying that Hmm. the defense is so, so, their offense is so-so. It's still a bit imbalanced mm. with, in terms of not quite as uh, focused on the run as it was last year. Mm. But they're winning. Russell Wilson is basically winning games for them that they shouldn't be winning. He's the man. Are you buying that? Are you buying that they're not a five and one side? You are what your record is. Right? So I'm, I'm going with that. You are who your record says you are, especially at this time of the year. Mm. In the first three games, I'm like, ah, things can change yeah. as we've seen what happened with Dallas. But – Russell Wilson is MVP front runner. Yeah. No so doubt. you got the guy. He can make things happen. And you know what? His playmakers on the outside are, are, are doing well. He can score points. I think they're very balanced. They understand they need to rest the defense and how that needs to work structurally. Mm. They call plays based on the whole game plan of what they want to do that week. They know we got to play this way to win this game. Pete Carroll's great at that. He's a great teacher on defense. So even though you got young guys and you might not be the best defense, uh, you're constantly getting better because that's the kind of environment the Seattle team is mm. as far as coaching staffs. So it's it's going to be tough, but it's it's the, these two teams. You're going to see a lot because if they can come out and and win this game, it, it shows that what we think about them defensively they've really shored that up and uh they can adjust week to week yeah uh earl thomas as well returning to seattle as well as another yeah. uh, side note here so ravens and seahawks which way are you going Ooh, ravens at seahawks man i'm, I'm gonna go with seattle I'm, I'm taking seattle you almost convinced me with that pete carroll line yeah. to, to go the other we gotta way, but... talk our way i gotta challenge why i think something I like that. I yeah. like that approach. Yeah. Uh, Seattle, but narrowly. I think it's going to be a close. Oh, one. it's going to be. It's going to be tight. It's going to be tight. Saints Bears, another interesting one. The Saints, Jeez, another man, team at five and one. You, you're just trying to make this hard on us, man. Oh, I thought we'd go deep on the top on the big ones, right? Gosh, uh, Alvin like Kamara is a key one to watch here. He did go last week, um, but he's he's definitely banged up. And yeah, he's banged limited, up, right? Limited practice, right? So yeah. we've got to keep an eye on him. And at fundamental, I think, particularly right now, we referenced it earlier on the way that. Sean Payton has, we referenced it earlier on the way that Sean Payton has worked an offense around Teddy Bridgewater playing to his strengths and weaknesses and mm. adapting his weaknesses. And he's unbeaten. I mean, it's uh, an impressive role by Teddy. He had the Saints fans cheering his name, which was great to see as well. This is an altogether different proposition, though, the Chicago Bears defense mm. in Chicago mm-hmm. at Soldier Field. So mm-hmm. forget that offensive challenges for a second. What about this New Orleans <laughs> offense as it is right now? Mm-hmm up against the Chicago D. Okay, cool. Sean Payton might get coach of the year. Let's just say that right. first of all. Yeah, he yeah. might get coach yeah. of the year. This is this is this is sweet what he's doing. Yeah. All right. So, the one thing he does well is he's a magnificent structural play caller. Like mm-hmm. his game plans are tight. And it's going to be the biggest concern I have is their outside. Mm. 
and Chicago. Yeah. But I bet it's be outside Chicago now that in You're still December. They're still a dome yeah. team. Yeah, and sure. they're outside. Yeah. It's hard to, you know, it's just that is just like you don't want to go into New Orleans and play. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's the Bermuda Triangle. You go get lost. <laughs> and But they're outside. That is a concern for me. But they are mm-hmm. a better team than Chicago. They're more balanced. Mm-hmm. So I think the game plan is they they're, they're the my big concern is Alvin Kamar. He is yeah. a chess piece, yeah. right? But Michael Thomas. Yeah. Oh. He's a bully in the slot. Absolute heavyweight. I he, mean, what, what he can go outside inside like and their strength is their front seven, right? They're uh, Chicago's mm. on defense. They, you know, but you can move this guy around and you can get a matchup a favorable matchup, mm. and you you can go to work. Yeah, and I mean exactly the, the improvisational element there as well. Uh, Akeem Hicks out on our that's a big blow for for the Bears. That's the reason why out in London they were getting the ball yep. ran right at them. Yep. You know, it's just back to our narrative. Man, we we're two smart dudes, man. We talked about the line <laughs> of scrimmage, and everything comes back to yep. if you can't if you can't stop the run in the middle you're in trouble mm. i don't care what khalil max doing run inside you know away from him yeah go get, you know i mean he can't play the whole line of scrimmage so yeah that's been a significant loss for them so yeah, yeah that, that's why my concern with alvin kamara is man you need a guy you need to be able to run the ball against these dudes because you can trubisky or chase daniel I mean, who cares? Uh, no, <laughs> the Bears fans probably a little I don't bit. No, I feel sorry for for Mitch Trubisky, man. He's got a higher upside, doesn't he? Maybe. Hmm. Uh, you know, the thing, big concern him coming out of college was he didn't have a lot of starts. Hmm. Pa- pa- Bill Parcells right. always would say you need a certain number of starts. I forget what it is, so I'm not going to mention it. Yep. It's like when I was in math class. Like, can we just not use the numbers? Can I just tell you what <laughs> I think? Kind of this? Yeah, like yeah. fundamentally, if you would put this together, there's an equation. But it's true. I, remember, I always remember Mark Sanchez, who for a while had a you know a decent time with the with the uh, Jets. Mm-hmm. But he'd only started, I think, 16 games at USC. And that everyone was said, Pete yeah, Carroll said. He Carroll wasn't ready. ready to come out. Yeah. He came out because there were no other quarterbacks that draft. Yeah. And you yeah. need a certain number amount of starts to really properly evaluate. And I think mm-hmm. that with Mitchell Trubisky, maybe they didn't properly evaluate yeah. him because they didn't have the starts. The sample size, yeah. yeah. Who are you picking? Oh. Man, let's go with the Saints. I'm going with this. We agreeing too much. Let's go with the Saints. Shea, I'm going Saints on the road on the basis Kamara starts. So we allowed that asterisk. Yeah, yeah. we need. He's got to be on the field. All right. Here is another tricky one. Oh, They're coming thick and fast. It's some cracking games this weekend. Yeah. Eagles Cowboys is where I'm going next. Ooh. In Arlington, the Eagles three and three after getting shellacked by the Vikings last week. We all know what happened to Dallas. Similar record three and three. The upset against the Jets, which I think significantly mm. Amari Cooper going out was was a major blow there it's a key part mm. of the offense they're banged up on the back is he back that, back to that offensive line he uh missed practice on Wednesday but yeah. they think he'll start okay um the line going back to the line serious problems there of course mm. in terms of Leo Collins Tyron Smith, out. yeah so Big, big problems for Dallas. Jason Garrett, I mean, how awkward a week has he had off the back of that footage when nobody's just leaving him hanging oh my gosh. with the high-fiving? Man. That was out of order, wasn't it? Uh, something's up with the culture over there. Something, what do you think? Yeah, what, you looking at that as a player. What did you think is going on? I think, see, this is Dallas's. This is what happens in Dallas. I should, sorry, put it in context, Jay, for listeners who maybe didn't see it. 
players coming off the field. Yeah. Coach Garrett has got both hands up yeah. for the high yeah. fives. You, you don't miss the head back. coach's high five. <laughs> like, that's, that's how you get cut. They all missed right? it. They missed they it. They all yeah. missed it. They showed him up. Yeah, they did. They did. I hope, I hope they're apologizing. Like, coach, I didn't see you. Yeah. Um, okay. This is what happens in Dallas. Jerry Jones does a good job in selling the star. Boom. The Cowboys. And, and, mm. and you are on that team and you feel like you've won the Super Bowls, but you haven't. Yeah. You haven't. So when you start to have success like they did, the star is so big, you start believing. Mm. And I think that they really started believing like we are great. <laughs> and that is a recipe for disaster. Yeah. Because you stop working on little things. When you are playing well, you don't evaluate as a corner that man. I, my technique, I, I've covered this well, but I, I, I miss. I'm not stepping right here. I'm not doing this. When you're losing, mm. everything is broke down. Yeah. And in the beginning of the year, you need to be on that stuff. It's it's so interesting you say that 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 level of detail. I remember chatting to Phil Handy, who at the time was coaching at the Cavs, right? And I said to him, "He was is LeBron James." difficult to coach because he knows he's one of the greatest players of all time and he said quite the opposite Mm. he is the easiest player i've ever coached because he wants to concentrate on the most minute detail even now even after everything he's achieved he wants to know that level of detail of something i did wrong in that moment of that random game in the middle of a long old season so i know i'm long-winded so i'm going to Pick, I'm gonna pick Dallas. <laughs> but let me go back to your point. Let me go back to your point. <laughs> Don't make me laugh, man. The I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Okay, Aaron Glenn, DB yep. coach for the Saints. Mm-hmm. Played with him in Houston. Great corner. Great teacher. Great everything. Mm. All he ever said was focus. Every day, it was the basic stuff. He's like, what did you learn when you first played football? Stepping here, doing that. That's what we drilled. Mm. Every When you were playing good, you went back to the basics. Yep. When you were playing bad, you went to the basics. Mm-hmm. Good players stick to the basic fundamentals. Yep. And when you're winning, and you don't have that kind of leadership wherever it's coming from, the basics and the fundamentals... Mm go to the wayside foundation goes love it really really good uh i also loved you we're great <laughs> just maybe every morning in the mirror i bet that's going on but you're picking the cowboys i'm going because they're desperate and they're at home they 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 mm. i think they're gonna help their tackles right last week i just don't think the as good as keller moore is play call i just mm. don't like what he's doing at the line of scrimmage you know as far as helping those guys out and stuff you know bring people in tight make it harder protect them there's things you can do with your alignment yeah. i think they're gonna adjust i a lot of sharps are on the eagles and i i think i'm i, I have my head turned jay mm. i've had my head turned i think philly go and get the win i think at the moment they can't cover anybody now it is a it is a i'm gonna just, cover i just think they're gonna outscore they are bagged up in the second who are they gonna God, cover bro but I, I, well, cooper's in cooper's fitness is key i guess in that respect as well michael gallup is nice I think Gallup's hurt as well, though. Isn't oh he? man! I, See, this is stuff I didn't know. I don't God. know if he's starting or not, though. But yeah, <laughs> yeah. They, they probably both will. Ezekiel Elliott needs to play well too. He needs a he needs a game. Yeah, to be- this is what happens when you miss a whole camp. By the way, he's he's not he's got a it's it's yeah. got a click for him. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with it despite the banged up secondary. I'm just going with the Eagles and that. All right. So Jay, the rest of the games, I'm gonna we're gonna call them. You're gonna call who's gonna win and why. Okay. Right, keep it condensed. Let's start. <laughs> start with an, an easy one. 49ers Redskins. In oh, Washington. 49ers. 49ers. Because they're just a better team. <laughs> Probably one of the best in the NFC. 
Yeah, I think so. Balanced, the best, most balanced team. 49ers win because the Redskins is my, yeah, yeah. Is my then, then, answer. Man, that's there. a good answer. Thanks, man. Cardinals, Giants. Ooh. Ooh. Tricky. Saquon should be back. Cardinals, Giants. Where are they at? In New York. Giants. I, I think so too. And I think Saquon. They don't travel well. Cardinals aren't going to travel well. Agreed. Agreed. And they're playing outside. Uh, Christian Kirk, David Johnson, <laughs> slightly banged up. That yeah, Giants, Giants. Giants. Texas Colts. Texans, Colts. In Indianapolis. Mm, Texans. Going, you're going Texas. Yes. Um, me too. Texans, Texans are on the road. good they, right now. They are. I think they're legit. I yeah. think they've got a five and two. Raiders, Packers. Raiders, in Packers. Oh, yeah. It's it's going to be great. It's going to be tough to call, but uh, the, the Green Bay wins this game. Green Bay's playing well on defense. Raiders off a bye. Green Bay's receiving court banged mm. up. Could be without Devontae Adams, Geronimo Allison. I still think they get the win yeah. at home. I think. Love what the Raiders are doing. Yeah. Love what they're doing. Love the culture. But, I mean, Green Bay really is a be- much better team on defense these days. Vikings, Lions in Detroit. <sighs> That's a tough one, man. You know, I said this on my show, and I'm going to say it here. I'm a big Vikings fan, but I think Detroit wins this game. Really? Yeah. Why do you think Detroit I just think Detroit is on the cusp, man, of – I think they'll shut down this uh, – I think they'll shut down Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins doesn't play well against good defense. They are hurting as well after after being robbed against Green yeah, Bay. Yeah. Short week, though. I A lot of people think this will be, because of two strong defenses, yeah. be quite a low-scoring game. I think the opposite. I think this could turn into a bit of a shootout. I think Stafford's going to air it out. I can see Minnesota going ahead, uh-huh. Stafford airing it out, and just firing the ball around. I just don't have faith in Kirk Cousins against this mm. defense. I really mm. don't. Patricia, sneaky underrated head coach. Oh, he's great, man. Sneaky underrated great, head coach. Great, man. Jags, Bengals. I mean, does anybody care? The Jags. <laughs> the the, the <laughs> Minshew Maniacs care. Yeah, they, they need care. to get back in the saddle. You know what? I will say this about Jacksonville, man. They need to figure out what they're doing as far as what they're going to be. Mm. Uh, they got to they gotta figure out what they're going to be. But I like what they're doing in Minshew Mania. I, th- I like what Fournette's doing. He needs to be a, a, a tailback in the eye formation with a fullback. That's what they're doing. I felt bad for Doug Marone in the presser after Ramsey got traded, mm. fielding questions about it. And he was just looking to the side of the stage saying, I think maybe somebody else in the organization should be answering this. Man, I didn't deal him. Coaches are there to coach, you know. Yeah. They, 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 he's not in the office working on that trade. Making the call. He's trying to get his team better. Uh, well, I'll tell you, he'll be interested in the Jags-Bengals game of the Dolphins, of course, because they're gunning for the uh, number one spot alongside the Bengals there in Buffalo. Are you actually – we're going to actually pick the Dolphins against the, the Bills? <laughs> this is – How, much, is, I how wish much I could, are they going to win by the Bills? I don't even care, man, but the Bills are a good team. The Bills – they might embarrass these dudes. I mean, the Bills – You think it might get messy? Yeah, yeah, man. McDermott ain't having it, man. He's a, he's, he's a tough guy. I like I like what he's done with that team. Very good team. Yeah, Bills all the way. Charges, Titans. Charges, ooh, Ugly season they haven't. Chargers are a bad football team, and I think the Titans. <sighs> Ryan Tannehill starting, of course, uh, his first start of the season. They bench Mariota. Titans should win this game, mm. but you know, a Titan, the offensive line of the Chargers is horrendous right now. Mm. So banged up left, right, and center. Yeah. I think Chargers loses two, yeah. two and five. That is say goodnight, Gracie, for their season. I think. Yeah, uh, that doesn't sound good. Like that term you just used. Say goodnight, Gracie. Yeah, that just sounds like it's over. That's what it is. Yeah. Second yeah. night, Gracie. Like, I don't want anybody to ever say that about me. Uh, we'll never say that okay, about cool. you, Jim. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I know you got the real, bro. My bad. My bad. Patriots to Jets. Uh, it's Monday Night Football. Yeah. yeah. Patriots are going to embarrass the Jets on Monday Night Football. But I will mm. say this. Mm. Sam Darnold. Okay, if there's any positive 
Did you see the way the pl- team played when he came in? Oh, t- uh, completely different. And what does that say? They're buying it. Back to your Eli story, right? They're buying into him. That as an organization, you and as a as a team builder, you go, man, I, we picked the right guy. Yeah. Not only is the way he played, but the way the team believes in him. Yeah. This is good for them, and this will be great to see what he can do. Yeah. Versus the Patriots, it's in Jersey. There's a uh, no chance of an upset, but they could keep it tighter than some of the spreads are suggesting. I think, and the future. So the future's bright for for New York. You think with Sam? I think so. Mm. I, I just watch. I'm just. I'm looking at what teams how they respond because I've been in that situation, and I'm yeah. like, that's that response tells me they're like, we got our guy back. <laughs> we are great. We are great. <laughs> but I think that is. If I've missed a game, hit us up on social media at the NC Show. I'm pretty sure that's a clean. And if we pick wrong. House. Um, just reverse and we really meant the other team. Exactly yeah. right. What he said. Yeah. What he said. Jay Bell is flown by. We've got to get some plugs in before you go. So you mentioned your pod earlier. Yep. The Jason and Osi show. Yeah, it's, it's, it's ridiculous. I can't believe they allow us to have a podcast. I love it's the podcast. Fun. We got to get you on there, man. Cause I'm, you're a I'm funny that. dude. Do people know how I'm funny that. you are? Oh, I don't know. I don't oh, know. Oh, man. I would love to come on, man. We've got to get into that. And I love, hey, I love dropping by doing the highlight show with you a week, man, a week ago. We love it, man. It was one of the best ones, man. Thank you for coming on. We love you working with you. Easy. You make it easy, Jay. But, uh, and so if I listen, want to catch you on that, of course, that's where they had the Jason and Osi show on social media as well. Yeah. Uh, Jason about 33? Yeah, Jason Bell, 33. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I almost forgot. You're going to come back and see us soon, right? Of course, man. This is fun, man. It they keep letting lot. me in the building. Security's tough here, but it's cool. I can they make will, it we'll make sure. Make sure your name is on the door. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> just every week. And whenever you want to rock in, like you're it. here. Look after yourself, man. Well, 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 it is always a pleasure to check in with Jay Bell. A rip-roaring 50 minutes or so. Well, it depends what Harry, the producer, does with the edit, which will uh, leave you to think about what didn't make the cut. Uh, but it was great checking Jay Bell. He'll be back very, very soon. Uh, don't forget, we're back tomorrow with our Daily Fantasy special, the OG. Uh, and on Monday as well, Nikki Bandini joining us to review all the Week 7 action. Looking forward to that. Follow us on social, if you're not already, at the NC Show Facebook Instagram, Twitter, a lot of bonus content going out there, including videos from today and indeed our fantasy videos as well. So get stuck in on the social channels and a big shout out to our terrific sponsors, Paddy Power Fantasy. I really appreciate their support this season. If you're not getting involved with Daily Fantasy, then do so. It's a lot of fun. And me and the OG tomorrow morning on the Saturday pod will give you a steer on how to get your game on. So Paddy Power Fantasy, straightforward stuff. Go and find it and get involved. Right, gang? Enjoy the games. We'll see you Monday. Bye for now. Podcast Network.